This is a crowd podcast. Welcome to Go Love Yourself, the podcast where we're all trying to love ourselves a little bit more. Yeah, it was like, oh, I've got some feelings. <laughs> Why isn't this recording? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> I want that in there. Lauren's got a boner. <laughs> Laura, how's my little buddy? He's good. He's uh, he's feeling a lot better now. He worried me shitless. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, he really, really scared me. So I'm not going to be one of those like new mums that talk about the kids' poo, right? Because we've already discussed oh how, that, God, how boring that is. Oh my God, you actually have though. You sent me a five minute fucking WhatsApp voice note. <laughs> oh my God, I just realised that's what you did. Oh what have we God, spoken I about? I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> what have I become? Oh no, but bless him. He had a really really bad at the time I won't go into detail but um yeah, I was so. really worried about him so I, f- I phoned the vets and the vets were like can you get him in now and I was like like right now and they were like right now drive carefully but get him in immediately and obviously I panicked and I was hysterical phone Matt like what if he dies oh my god I can't cope but he was fine it, apparently he just got an upset tummy probably eating something he hadn't but um the responsibility for this little furry thing I feel is just it's sickening <laughs> so many people say the th- same thing and even if you're totally prepared and you and Matt have got the time and you know everything to be able to look after him and he will be absolutely fine but everybody says it's so much more work than people anticipate it really is and the, can we talk about the lack of sleep as well like he's up every two three hours whining because he wants like a wee and then cuddles and it's really lovely you want to cuddle him but you're also trying to kind of train him that like it's sleep time buddy yeah. but yeah good job he's cute good job he's cute he is he's yeah, so enjoy adorable. the no sleep ever well no hold on a minute when when do they start calming down dogs I think like six months. So I've got like another three months of this. Yay! Excellent, babes. I'll see you at Christmas when you're like... <laughs> <laughs> when you're deprived. How are you? You went to see Sister Act and I want to know how it was because we've oh both been to see it recently, haven't we? We have. So I, I've, I had a very like stagey week, darling. You I, have. Like, You've been out and about. <laughs> So at the week of recording, this is the end of the week where I've seen three shows in five days. I've saw... Tina, t- I saw Tina the musical, Kinky Boots. Oh my God, I cannot, I haven't got enough words for how amazing Kinky Boots is. And then Sister Act. And I know how much you love Sister Act. I did. Like, I really loved it. But I've, I loved that show because I saw it 10 years ago and then I was in the uh, Amdram production. Yeah, who were you? Nun number six. <laughs> <laughs> Matt still rips me a knee one every time. He's like, all right, nun, nun number, number six. six. <laughs> Why is this my new nickname for you? <laughs> I think it should be. But um, I love the music. I love the films like so much. I grew up with them. They're, they're probably still my favourite films, both one and two. Um, there's a second? I think, are you fucking kidding me? Oh, you didn't know there's mate, a second right, Listeners, you should have seen her face. Sorry. I, it was like I punched her. It was like I punched Buddy just then. The, the evils that she just gave. I think I've seen Sister Act the film like maybe once and wait for it everyone wait for I, we can't it. be friends there it I, is. I, I literally <laughs> I've never felt such disappointment honestly right, this, this is how I felt when you told me that you didn't like friends and that Holy your favourite series is <laughs> Handmaid's Tale yeah because it's got <laughs> substance I, I honestly I'm quite speechless I'm really like flabbergasted I, I, I feel I feel quite ill thinking about that <laughs> 
not that we're being dramatic at all. film of my childhood. Like, how could you not have since interact? I don't, I just, I didn't even know that, what, what even happened? Don't, we will go into it. I will watch number okay, two because well, I think we, you Laura need to come over to and we need to watch it. Yeah, because otherwise we really can't be friends. Oh, um, God. But you'll love it because it's all like, it, well, the music's incredible. I, like, I, I, sorry, I'm still like, I just, <laughs> oh, happy day. Words. Like, okay, whatever. Anyway, but the music is different in the musical. And I think some people that threw them because the music, yes. I don't know if you know this, Lauren, but the music is very iconic from Sister Act. What is and, the music even though? Oh my God. Honestly, oh mate, honestly, we'll take it. We'll take it <laughs> offline. <laughs> Literally, fuming. Um, you didn't love it though, did you? Well, I mean, I didn't like have a fucking orgasm like you're having, no. But like, I I did think it was amazing. And I left, like me and the girls left, like, oh, such a feel good show. And the end of it, I mean, all I'll say is glittery rainbow habits. Mm. And it's such a feel good show. Everyone in the audience loved it. It wasn't my favourite show I saw that week, but it is still really amazing. But I feel it's because I haven't seen, I've seen the film like once and I didn't even know there was a sister act too. Like, I don't, like what happens? We'll yeah, talk about not, it. We're you're not allowed an opinion on it in that case. How was Kinky Boots though? Did you love that? <laughs> Kinky Boots is hands it. down one of the best shows out there. It really it, is, isn't it? Like it's, I saw it twice when it was on the West End in 2019. This was a concert version on for two days one of the actors in one of the songs is a drag queen and he's basically sort of singing a song to his dad. Mm. And this is halfway through the second half and he got a standing ovation for five minutes. I have Tell only me. ever seen that at Dreamgirls after... Yeah. And I'm telling same. you! Right? Yeah, I've never same. seen that anywhere else. And this actor was just in absolute pieces on the stage because I really? don't think he expected it. Like, oh. obviously, he put himself together amazing, but it was just the best... Yeah, so if you're... If you're looking for a feel-good shows, I think Sister Act the music. <laughs> Sorry, hold on. <laughs> Nat and Buddy just walked past the screen. Wait, come back. Come back. Come back. <laughs> that was can't my hear you. <laughs> I've got headphones on. You can't hear you. Um, that was quite cute, wasn't it? Little cameo from Buddy there and Matt, obviously. <laughs> Buddy one, Matt two. Anyway, anyway, I don't even know. Yeah, but moral of the story is camp musical soundtracks will get you through life and make you feel zhuzhy when you're not feeling zhuzhy. Moving on, we need to talk about the reel that you were a part of a couple of weeks ago with the new Victoria's Secret song. I didn't, well, I didn't know you were doing it. So I saw you pop up and I was like, pardon. And it is, I mean, it's everywhere at the minute and it's amazing. Uh, yeah thanks it's really cool it was so like really really cool to be a part of um, one of uh, my fellow creators Georgie messaged me and said do you want to do it and I was like who else is doing it like just I wanted to be clear that there was like different body types and everything in it and then she told me that there was a woman called Sydney Ballinet who is in Lizzo's here for the big girls if you don't follow her on uh, online then you really should she's fucking fantastic she really um, awesome. but yeah that video went down so well and I feel like it was quite empowering for some people so yeah it was so really nice empowering. to be part of it I love that song is the anthem of the summer and me and Matt went out the other weekend and I was like I just put it on and blasted it and he was like you know every single word don't you and I was like yeah So today's episode is going to be a bit more of a serious one than you're used to from us. So you know that we always say the way that you look is the least interesting thing about you, and it is. 
but the way you look does impact how people can view and treat you. So today we're going to chat a bit more about body privilege. We are, yes. And the reason we say that the way you look is the least interesting thing about you is that because for so long, the way you look has been one of the main things that shapes how people do view you. So by saying that, we're trying to unlearn how we've always been taught to judge others and ourselves based on the way we look. But the rest of society is still very much steeped in diet culture and will still judge people based on the way they look. So let's get into it and have a chat about body privilege. So we know for a lot of people that our podcast is the first time that you're hearing about you know, things like body neutrality and accepting yourself in, in bigger bodies or learning about what it's like to be in a bigger body. And like, it's the same for us as well. And something that we haven't really spoken about a huge amount is something called body privilege. And this may be the first time that you're hearing about this term as well. So we're going to talk about it. It's really complicated, but we are going to do our best to, to talk about it and have a really honest chat with ourselves about it, knowing that both Laura and I are not experts on this subject. I think that we need to make sure that that is very evident. We are definitely not experts, but we want to we want to talk about this and we need like it's such an important conversation. It is an important conversation because I think that at the end of the day, it's about protecting people that are in the most marginalized bodies because their experience in the world will be very very different to a lot of other people so when we talk about body privilege like you might be familiar with things like thin privilege white privilege um but it's actually it's quite more complicated than that obviously everybody has things that like make up their identity so things like like race like background all of that and so there are multiple ways in which people can be oppressed and i think one of the things that gets people's back up a little bit when we talk about body privilege and they kind of go well just because they're bigger doesn't mean that they've got a hard life than me I've been through this and this and this it's not saying that you can still be like obviously thin and have I don't know bad skin or be poor or whatever it's just about acknowledging that those people that are at the other end of the spectrum have to deal with a lot of oppression in the world because of inherent fat phobia and if you're new to fat phobia it is basically literally fear of fat and I think that is something that we have been ingrained into us from a very very young age that fat is bad thin is good it's just little things that you might not think about if you're in a slightly smaller body things like eating in public things like public transport things like being on the beach in a swimsuit without people taking the piss out of you those are all things that when you're in a bigger body are much more difficult and the bigger you are the more difficult it is so it isn't about this kind of one-upmanship which I think that sometimes that's what I mean about when it kind of can get people's backs up a little bit at the end of the day which is what we're all about isn't it it's about kindness and respect for other people and kind of acknowledging and going that's really shit for you and let's kind of voice it and make it a bit easier for you so you don't have to be fat or plus size to be an ally and I think that's really really important but I think I, I personally really like it when people call out and kind of talk about like their thin privilege or pretty privilege because it is a thing like it, it really is a thing and we'll come on to that won't we about like experiences that we've had people think that if you're in a bigger body they make these assumptions again with this inherent fat phobia that you are lazy that you are kind of undeserving and that you basically have made bad lifestyle choices whereas if you're thin you could be a horrible person you could be evil you could be all sorts of things but because you're thin people basically will kind of respond to you in a better way and the reason why we are talking about this is as Lauren said is that for a long time I think people in 
more marginalized bodies have been made to feel like they need to kind of like hide away and hide themselves and have been so mistreated in the world and I think that it's just really important that whatever your shape or size that we acknowledge that and call it out. A lot of you are hearing about you know body diversity, body image, body confidence for the first time through our podcast and we love that. We're going to be talking a little bit about you know something called a fact spectrum. That is not to take away your experience that you as an individual are having in relation to your own body confidence and body image issues that is not taking away an experience that you had where a stranger or someone that you know and love was horrible to you no matter what your size is our whole ethos with go love yourself is that it doesn't matter if you're a size 4 or a 34 we acknowledge the 99.9 percent of women will have body confidence and body image issues and we are not taking that away from you at all your experience and your journey is completely valid and we hope that you continue to talk up about your struggles and know that you will have support and you know shared experience with somebody this episode specifically is really talking about the body privilege that externally does exist for people in smaller bodies that is a that is a factual thing and we're going to talk about it that externally being in a much bigger body and a marginalized so what we're going to be calling marginalized bodies is more difficult because of the world that we live in and things that when you're smaller you might not think about and I'm finding this such an interesting subject as somebody who has been a size 10 and is currently a size 20 because Mm. I had really, you know, I did have body image issues when I was smaller. You know, for me, I didn't have as many. But there are things that I would never have given two thoughts about when I was a size 10, 12 that are part of my actual regular day to day. I have to think about life now. I'm bigger. So for me, this is very, very interesting and I can kind of see the two sides of the spectrum, but I'm so happy that we're talking about this and it's such a challenging subject. So please do bear with us. (laughs) Yeah. If anything that we're talking about makes you feel uncomfortable, then that isn't the point of it. It's more of an educational thing. Like when Lauren says we're going to be talking about something called a fat spectrum, that doesn't mean that you have to use that. I don't particularly like it. I'm just being honest and putting it out there. Don't love it. But this is about education. And I think the more research that I have done for this podcast and for my own kind of good and well-being I just find it really interesting the history of it and we also just want to say that we're not calling anybody out like I said it's not about making people feel uncomfortable but also if it does make you feel uncomfortable maybe like challenge yourself and think oh why does it make me feel like that yeah I saw a comment online from somebody saying they sometimes look at people in bigger bodies and go oh well at least I'm not that big and so sometimes you know like we were saying before about comparing yourself and comparing your body to other people is so normal and it's relative as well isn't it like if you for example were a model you would compare yourself to other models but I think that if you find yourself doing that that's when you need to probably question your internalized fat phobia so all of this is just about education and challenging and hopefully you'll learn something maybe today and hopefully we don't completely balls it up So before we get stuck into body privilege, we wanted to lay the foundations for why there are different privileges for different bodies. So we're going to start by talking about something called intersectionality. And at this point, you might be rolling your eyes and thinking, what the fuck is this on my Tuesday? Like, this is not what I signed up for. It's summer. Like, just give me a gin. Um, Fair enough. Basically, intersectionality is a fancy way of saying how complicated privilege is and how there are so many layers to it because there are many ways in which one individual person can be privileged or discriminated against. So 
everyone's experience in the fat community isn't the same. Yeah, and we also think it's really important to highlight that this idea of intersectionality was coined by a black woman called Kimberly Crenshaw in the 1980s because black women were being left behind in women's rights and black civil rights movements. And it's really important that we give her the credit that she deserves because so often black women are fighting for this change and are the reason that things have moved forward so much today, but they end up being forgotten about or left behind and not acknowledged. Um, So we're so keen that we acknowledge Kimberly Crenshaw and all of her amazing work. So intersectionality is just acknowledging that for loads of different reasons, some bodies are more oppressed than others. That's it. So, for example, a fat white woman has more privilege and will face less oppression and discrimination than a fat black queer woman, for example. And like Lauren said, it is so important that we acknowledge the history of it because the body positivity movement um, and the fat liberation movement, which you may or may not have heard of, was originated by predominantly by plus size black women, by queer women, by disabled women um, in the 1960s. And it's something that we don't often acknowledge because the body positivity movement that we see today has been whitewashed somewhat and is often used by a lot of brands to make a quick buck. Oh, look, we're body positive. We now go up to a size 16. Well done. Do you want a fucking medal? Um, (laughs) And that is very, very challenging. So often those people that really pave the way for us sitting here today are often not kind of mentioned and forgotten about. So I really think that's important that we acknowledge that. It's also worth saying that none of this is like about like an oppression Olympics. Like it's not like this one-upmanship of like, well, I'm more oppressed than you and I've got more privilege than you or less privilege because we're all different, all right? We're all coming from it from a different perspective and personality. And like this whole intersectionality thing just literally outlines that there are layers to it. There are a lot, a lot of influencers, creators, whatever you want to call them, kind of talking about this stuff online without kind of acknowledging the history of it. And it's very, very difficult for me in that I I genuinely believe whatever your body size, yeah, we we talk about this all the time, size four, size 34, size 44, we've all got different hangups and issues. But sometimes it can be very difficult to see someone with a million followers who's in a size 10 body talking about love your cellulite, love your rolls, love your fat, when they've got roles just sitting down and that that is for me that is like privilege and I think that not often people acknowledge the privilege so yes we all have hang-ups and issues and yes your cellulite may be the worst thing in the world to you as a size 10 that might be really like the worst thing in your life that is really getting you down but you also do have to understand that when you kind of complain about like your body which you're allowed to do you're absolutely allowed to do that you still have an element of body privilege. And I think so often that that is what kind of, I say pisses people off, but gets people's backs up a little bit. I see people with like 2 million followers talking about the exact same thing that I am, but they have the privilege of being able to kind of say, this is a good example, I think. So someone that I follow and I absolutely adore her and her content, but she often posts things like, size up girl summer if your jeans don't fit just buy a bigger pair of jeans and mm. uh, fed girl summer and things like that all things that I completely agree with but I know that if I were to post that kind of content yeah, people would be would. like you're promoting obesity mate you'd um, be on the daily mail I'd be on the daily mail yeah. like I would so and that is 
privilege that is body privilege. Is privilege yeah like like you were saying it's not taking away anything from anybody's experience with their you know so that person who's got the million followers is in a size 10 body you know she's probably gonna have really awful body hand locks as we all do because of diet culture mm. but you're so right if you posted something the same as that if you posted a picture of your roles versus her you'd end up in the daily mail you'd end up with bullying comments yeah. She would as well because the internet is scum sometimes, yep. but they would be very different. And that mm. that is where body privilege is. And I think it's the word privilege. And I think some people get quite defensive when they hear that yeah. word. Yeah. What we're saying is that the beauty standard, we all know what the woman looks like, the beauty standard woman, right? Mm-hmm. The experiences for people that are outside of that spectrum is very different to this, the person in the beauty standard body. But then it's also acknowledging that people that are much different than that is very different to the people who are slightly different than that. So what I'm trying to say is, you know, for example, if a a beauty standard woman, for example, is a white woman who is a size eight, a person who is a, for me, I'm a size 20. However, and I've talked about this before, I have got big, gigantic boobs for god's sake they're absolutely humongous titties yeah sweat right now i can't even tell you but i do have a waist and i do have like a gigantic s right so so my experience is different to that size 10 woman Mm -hmm. but someone who is a size 30 has a very different experience to me even though we are both considered fat women our experiences are still going to be massively different Mm. and i think this is this is so complicated and I'm not taking anything away from the experiences and the thoughts and the feelings of either side of women, both sides of, for example, me. I'm acknowledging that their experiences are different and I will never be able to understand that unless you go through it. This is the same yeah. with any kind of privilege. Yeah. I don't understand the discrimination that you've received or the world that you live in because I don't experience that myself. But however, I'm going to show you kindness. I'm going to show you support and I'm going to listen without judging, without trying to give you my own story. And that's where the kindness comes into recognising your own privilege, I think. Absolutely, yeah. I think it, it is a very divisive word and it's a very kind of emotive words same as weight I think when you talk about Mm. weight and you talk about stigma you talk about and the word fat people still don't you know a lot of people don't like the word fat no absolutely like we've spoken about this before but I, I I grew up with fat being a really negative horrible word I remember just being called it all the time constantly mm. by like my brother's friends and when it was ever used like in the media or on tv or in books and stuff it was always in a derogatory way so for me it's a very loaded triggering word but you were saying weren't you that for you you've never actually been called it as an insult I've never been called it as an insult other than obviously unfortunately in the last few months online and I call it myself and I would call you that and I would call someone else that because I don't mean it as a derogatory term I mean it as a factual thing Thing, right but I also grew up slim so I don't know what it's like to grow up with someone saying that word to you in a negative way so again that's my privilege and I think it's also important to acknowledge that like my experience growing up would have been different to someone who was bigger than me or darker skinned black women particularly darker skinned black women they are so often I've looked and that's why I think I really wanted to mention about the body positivity movement and the origins of it because 
they're the people that set it up and they're the ones that get forgotten about they don't get the brand deals they don't have the voice that other people do online where would we be now without it so the reason that is so so important that we do acknowledge it is so that the people that are in the most marginalized bodies don't get left behind we need to champion them we need to uplift them because otherwise they are going to be forgotten and I don't want that and that shouldn't be happening so that is why it is so so fundamentally important that we do that and we stand up for people um it's all very well going oh well it's fine for me because I'm this size and whatever it doesn't really matter it doesn't affect me and this conversation might make you feel a bit uncomfortable and you might think like ah bore off but actually it's really important um because we don't want those people that are in those marginalized bodies to be left behind or bullied or made to feel lesser than because like we're all about kindness aren't we and the way you look is the least interesting about you that is our belief but sadly we don't live in a world that also holds that belief so we need to be kind and uplift others we don't get to the point where we live in a world where people are kind to one another without acknowledging privilege because in order to provide that kindness and the kind of support that people will need you have to acknowledge your privilege you have to and like you said fat phobia is Again, it's another, it's kind of like another buzzword for a lot of people, but it is life. And even Laura and I have spoken about how we ourselves have been fat phobic because it's just in our head, fat, bad, skinny, good. And that kind of is privilege as well. So we have to acknowledge privilege in order to get to a world in which everyone is nice to each other. It's so fucking simple. Just don't be dickheads. But we don't live there right now. <laughs> yeah. I can remember it's interesting you talking about the like how we all are a little bit fat phobic. And mm. I can remember I've just got like a real flashback to watching a video. Remember the days of the VHS tapes? Oh, Being rolled into the classroom. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was actually at home though. My mum was preparing me and my brother for like doing job interviews so my brother must have been 16 I must have been 14 and it was one of those really awful videos that you see like here's how to prepare for a job interview this is the days before YouTube right (laughs) it was dreadful I remember it so vividly and I remember that they showed one candidate walking in and it was like how not the first bit of the video was how not to ace a job interview right so in walks this plus size woman who looks a bit scruffy and she's got loads of carrier bags and she sits down and she's just like hi um, and she's a bit scatty and she's all over the place and then me. <laughs> <laughs> and then the perfect candidate walks in and is like slim well dressed well groomed and, and I'm like I, I remember that being like I remember so vividly thinking oh fuck okay fat is bad don't carry shopping bags into like an interview <laughs> and I think that that kind of fat phobia is like less now but I think it's not less I think it's just less obvious and I think yeah. it's kind of like less socially acceptable but I think it still exists like kind of in the backs of our heads that's um, mad but yeah isn't that mad and it made me really sad because I remember thinking like oh god like I can only get a job am if I not I'm gonna skinny? be able to get a job yeah and I remember even when I left uni and I was applying for loads and loads of jobs and I just wasn't getting them, I just wasn't getting a break. And I remember saying to like my dad at the time, dad, like it's just a really shit market out there. Like like jobs are really hard for graduates. There's a million graduates like me with an English degree, like doing like whatever. Apparently he'd said to my stepmom that he wondered if I wasn't getting a job because of my weight, because people were put off. And I have to say at the time it really stung, but doing some research on it, it is actually a proven thing that people who are in bigger body 
bodies and and I'm talking like thousands and thousands of, of pounds less than people in smaller bodies so if you're sitting listening to this thinking oh privilege doesn't exist it fucking does, it does. because things like jobs careers we are it's that whole fat lazy narrative isn't it that is in itself very lazy of like fat people are incompetent fat people are lazy fat people like don't groom themselves and I've fought against that my whole life by like making sure that I look not today but I'm making sure that I look like immaculate hair's done tan on nice dress nice makeup all of that like designer handbag almost like an apology of like I may be fat but guess what I'm I can look after myself so yeah in the workplace definitely we are discriminated against and also in the medical sense which again I will talk about until I'm blue in the face you literally can't go to a doctor's appointment these days without them weighing you I went for a blood test today and I can see the nurse just looking at me up and down thinking well if you lost some like like well and then she was like when's the last time we weighed you and I was like oh a while ago and I was like I don't mean to read but I've got a puppy at home I need to get home for she was like oh okay then next time why for what reason for what reason and I think that I before I did all the research into like not just this episode this podcast but like before like read lots of books and I was always under the understanding that you cannot be fat and healthy I think that actually that is changing there are some fantastic resources online that talk about basically that you can actually be fat and healthy we talked about before about the health at every size movement I really recommend that you look that up there are actually quite a lot of studies that will show that obesity can actually help prevent cancer and make you live longer. It is an honest to God myth that fat people die earlier. It, like honest to God, it like factually, scientifically true. Now that is not to say that weight, like, you know, isn't a factor yeah. in health. It, it can be at either end of the spectrum, but you, you can be thin and unhealthy and you can be fat and healthy. Like, and again, this is what we're talking about layers today, privilege, all of that. But I think that's just really important to acknowledge when we talk about privilege. Of It's just assumptions, isn't it? It's just lazy kind of assumptions about people. As another example of, of a, if, if you're listening and, and trying to, and I understand if you're listening and, and trying to kind of like relate privilege to your own life, it is a privilege to be able to go to a healthcare setting and get the care you need without being asked to be weighed yes. or getting the care that you need without weight being mentioned. That is a privilege. Mm. I have never been asked to be weighed, for example, but you have. That's a privilege that I have. Mm. So that's another example of that. I'm not taking away your experience. You're not taking away my experience that's just a fact like we said it's not a one-upmanship it's not me going Lauren my life is so much harder than yours it's not about that at all it's just in terms of the body type and size in terms Mm. in that sense you have more privilege than me yeah right that's all it is it's not going Lauren your life is made what you want about I'd love to look like you which again slightly inherent fat phobia there because we're kind of we'll get into that but yeah with having that privilege why we're pointing it out in this episode really is it's for people who, you know, we would consider allies or people that have the privilege to still make the steps to to get rid of this. You know, there seems to be a movement towards talking about, like you said, health at every size and, you know, scrapping the, the huge amount of, of, of fat phobia that is in healthcare settings. That only happens when lots and lots of people start talking about it. So although I don't experience that, I want to make sure that people who do experience that get the help that they need by talking about it. And that's kind of why we can recognise the privilege so we can move on and and provide the support and move this world on a bit from where it is now. Yeah, like you said, I love that bit, what you said about being an ally. That's literally all it is. It's not going, 
you're better off than me, I'm better off than you or whatever. It's about being an ally. And and I think that kind of transpires for all sort of parts of life. Like I'm not gay, but I fully, fully support the LGBTQ plus community and I yeah. go to Pride and I am so vocal about it and passionate about it. So I don't have to be like gay to be an ally and you don't also have to be plus size or fat to, to be an ally. It's about advocating basically for, like we said, yeah. people in marginalised bodies. It's about being, it's, it's just about being mates to somebody. So if somebody says something like, you know, I'm really struggling with this. I need some help with that. Is there support for this? It's not a case of, no, you don't belong here. It's a case of, I don't understand what you're just saying but I'm going to help you or I'm going to like point you in the right direction and I'm going to be your fucking cheerleader for something it's not shutting down people that have a different experience to you because you don't understand if you don't understand someone's experience shut the fuck up don't be unkind this is where a lot of you know issues come in and we're not just talking about weight but it is about showing kindness to somebody so if you don't understand their experience that's fine but provide the support and kindness Mm. that they need It's time for a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. So we talk all the time about how important it is to take care of your mental health. So what kind of self-care have you been doing lately, Lauren? Big one for me, I've been setting healthy boundaries. So my job has got excessively stressful and busy in the last couple of months. And obviously uh, the work that we do on this podcast and it's making sure that I set boundaries and I'm not working too often and I'm I'm not giving everything that I have, which I love. How about you? Yeah, I um, have also been like trying to eat a little bit healthier in terms of like do more of like the whole like intuitive eating thing because mm. I struggled with binge eating as a, I think everyone knows by now but also like therapy like therapy I don't feel like we talk about it enough like we've both had therapy and it's both been like so fundamental and like actually changed our lives yeah 100% it's just so important that everyone knows that it is an option to look after your your mind and your mental health and so that's why we are really excited to be working with BetterHelp BetterHelp is a video phone and live chat therapy service that can be more affordable and accessible than in-person therapy so it's definitely a good place to start if you're considering therapy and you can even be matched with a therapist in less than 48 hours if you fancy giving BetterHelp a try and joining the 2 million people who have already used it you can get 10 percent off your first month by going to betterhelp.com forward slash go love that's b-e-t-t-e-r-h-e-l-p.com slash go love so when it comes to recognizing body privilege some people use something that's called a fat spectrum and this is something that can be a little bit controversial but I just want to point out that it isn't intended to kind of divide people or label people again like we were talking about um the acknowledgement and the kind of allyship earlier it's about making sure that the people in the most marginalized bodies are not left behind and that they are accounted for so the fat spectrum is something that is quite common in the U.S. uh, fat communities and there are four different categories the first one is small fat. So this is basically people who can still buy like straight size clothes. So I, I'm, I'm talking kind of like size 14 to 16. They can still go into a shop or a shopping centre and buy clothes off the rail. They can go into public spaces and generally are not kind of shut out of the world in terms of like they don't find it difficult for things like public transport, whatever. Then you've got something called mid fat, at which point you're probably not going to be able to shop on the high street and they're going to probably experience more things like discrimination in like healthcare, weight stigma at work, relationships and like other things like just generally. 
And then there's a term called super fat, um, which I fall into that category, which I must admit when I first heard it, I was not that enamored with the phrase because I just caught kind of like super fat slash Superman vibes. And I was like, <laughs> is this a parody? Are you taking the piss? <laughs> Obviously, it is not that. The term was actually coined at a conference for fat, queer and trans people and their allies. And basically they didn't feel like they were represented. So they actually did wear like Superman, like super fat oh God, um, capes and everything to kind of like acknowledge you know that they were there and then they were here, to acknowledge yeah. that they were kind of being ignored or just sort of you know being diminished against so I think that's actually really quite funny now that I know the uh, acknowledgement of it uh, and then the last one you've got is something called Infini Fat uh, which was created by Ash of the Fat Lip and out of all of these categories Infini Fat people are the ones that face the most significant barriers in the world due to sizeism in the world. So they are not catered for even by plus size retailers. Um, they may even have to have like their clothing custom made and they are pretty much excluded from participating in public life. They face intense discrimination and mistreatment in healthcare especially and they are the most underserved definitely by a country mile of all members of the fat community. Now this is all like really fluid and I you know we're going to talk about this but I don't particularly like labels um, and I would never go around calling myself personally like a super fat like because it goes against the, my belief in that the way you look at the interesting about you but also like the whole like we all have body issues and hang-ups I just think for me I just find it interesting to acknowledge and I think it's up to it's up to you as an individual whether you like that or you don't you don't have to categorize yourself and a lot of people go like don't label me and I get that I get that but just I just think from an educational point of view I personally find that interesting I don't know about you yeah no same and this is where it it becomes controversial because there might feel that there is a need because you've been categorized that if you're in the small fat slash mid fat category that you cannot air your body confidence issues because you feel like that you're not allowed to because you don't have the same issues that people in the other two categories have. That is not what it's about. And that is why we are talking about this in the context of body privilege. These categories are not to diminish or enhance your experiences with your own personal body confidence and your personal body image issues or any external experiences that you have faced, as I've said a couple of times in the podcast. These are just categories that have been made the first two kind of organically and the second two have been coined by people who felt that they weren't represented that's all it is if you want to categorize yourself in these categories that's absolutely fine if you don't that's fine I'm with Laura I probably won't do that I recognize however for the first time that all those things that are in that kind of mid fat range I think I'm probably a, a you know I'm probably in that one and I recognize those things and it's actually really nice to know ah you know, people of my size are experiencing these things. That's actually mm. quite nice to know that. Yeah, it can validate you sometimes as well. Genuinely, it kind of has a little bit, but I'm not going to categorise myself as that. That's fine. Do you know what's also really interesting is I didn't maybe realise that there were people out there who didn't have a dress size because retailers don't cater for sizes up to their size. I didn't really think about that. I mean, I probably knew that, but I didn't think about that. 
that's my privilege, right? So I think that's why this is this is a really interesting category and I think it's to be taken with a pinch of salt. It's not to be taken too seriously if you don't want it to be. You ain't got to categorise yourself in there if you don't want to. Me and Laura don't personally want to. Are we going to judge anyone that does? Hell no. Do you, babes. If anything, this whole podcast is really about you do you, whatever is comfortable for you, but making sure that you show kindness, support and advocacy for absolutely everybody that is exactly it and that's why you know when we started this podcast we always said that we wanted it to be for everyone however we are both plus size different levels of plus size or whatever you want to call it but we our experience is going to be different from that of someone in a smaller body or a larger body so you know we can only really speak from our experience I think like you say it's just about being kind and advocating and actually recognizing your privilege and not kind of getting defensive over it I think that's the, the important thing as I well I think that's it I think if you find yeah. yourself getting defensive then you might need to take a step back and go why am I like so offended that someone thinks they've got it harder than I have and for me that came from doing like research into that like things like the fat liberation movement the body positivity movement um, and looking at fat activists and the work that they've done and it, you might not agree with it all but that's, that's life isn't it that's the world we're not going to agree with everything yeah, no, you just not. need to understand that it's not about invalidating you or your experiences it's literally just about kind of listening supporting um you might not agree with everything that's absolutely fine but don't be a dick about it on that laura and on this you know the talk of the fat spectrum and and these different categories a lot of people listen to our podcast will be on different parts of their ready for the vom journeys um (laughs) people are at different parts of their journeys when it comes to loving or accepting their body so this information is a lot right so there are Mm. probably going to be a lot of people out there who are like do you know what i haven't got the headspace to think about that right now i just want to focus on me is that okay that is so tricky for me to kind of answer thank you so much for putting me on the spot with that one i really appreciate it Well, that's that's the thing then. So let's chat about it. The fact that it's not a hard yes or no. It isn't really, is it? Like, it's not like we're talking it like, oh God, I keep like, I sound like a fucking, um, this, this, no, what's it called? Thesis. No, I'm going to do no, that. Um, <laughs> Go on, English graduate, carry on. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really difficult about getting into like, I feel like I don't want to sound like a fucking broken record. Mm tricky 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 it's hard so basically like with anything your own mental health and well-being and everything is very very important you know you have to look after yourself you can't fight for everyone so one of my big issues is that when something happens I feel like I I take on everybody else's either grief or you know it's actually like a therapy thing right like when something happens this is why I've struggled with the big thing that happens I I took on everybody's grief and I take on everyone's problems and I want to save the world right Mm. but I can't so there are some times when do you know what I just need a minute to think about myself so for so putting this in the context of this I might just need a little while to kind of focus on like loving myself I'm having a bad body image day Mm -hmm. the way I'm dealing with it is going right okay the way I look is the least interesting thing about me. I am wonderful. I'm not just my body. What I'm not doing is going, at least I'm not that size or that kind of thing. Yeah. That, that is what I don't like. That is the thing that I don't like. And I think that I've seen that quite a lot online is when people say, I would kill to look like you. Yeah. I'd love to look like you. And again, that kind of like reinforces the notion and the idea of like, Thin it's is fat phobia, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's bad. It is a bit, and of course, it's well-meaning. Or it's—I think most of it. I think it's well-meaning. Well yeah. well 
I think it's just about checking yourself. Not I'm saying like being selfless, but like not being so kind of insular and thinking it's all yeah. about me. Like I said earlier, like I'm not gay, but issues that affect the LGBTQ plus community bother yeah. me and I will speak up for and advocate for them. Yeah. You know, same with like the Black Lives Matter. I'm not black. I'll never ever understand what it's what that's like, but I can like still like rally and support and be, you know, a champion on, of the movement and do as yeah. much research as I possibly can rather than thinking that other people are going to do it for me. So I think the two can coexist and I don't think that, you know, they're like you said, it's not one thing or the other. I think you can be both and I think you should be both. Yeah, absolutely. And you saying that you advocate for those different, you know, communities and stuff, that's you as a Laura. That's not you as a person on Instagram that's got a lot of followers. You do that and you've done that way before Bake Off, right? So that's you. You don't feel that responsibility just because you've got followers. You do that and that's fabulous. But I think that then comes back down to everyone of, we all want to make this world a better place. So yes, obviously focus on on yourself. And a lot of what we talk about is, accepting yourself you know we're called go love yourself do you know what I mean like Mm. do the work that you need to do to love and accept yourself as you are while also advocating for other people that's so important and just being kind and showing kindness and support and advocacy I just think I think for me those two probably go hand in hand because if you're learning to love yourself hopefully then you're showing someone else that they can love themselves too absolutely yeah and I think part of that is also kind of like ending like I feel like a lot of it the mindsets of things like in terms of like gender size race all of that uh, a lot of it is generational and I think it's for me as well it's about breaking that without throwing like my dad under the bus my dad is a self-employed bricklayer who spent his youth on a building site with a bunch of rowdy scaffolders he loves football he's a bit of a you know like jack the lad sort of thing and his his opinions and views are radically different to mine but I'm really you know proud of that you don't have to kind of like pass on that kind of Yeah, it's difficult, especially because I think, you know, we've spoken about this a lot before, but we've heard from our mums, oh, I'm on a diet, I can't eat this, or I need Mm. to be slim, I need to fit in this dress, or that, all that kind of rhetoric. She heard it from her mum, we heard it from her mum, we heard it from her mum. So we're obviously going to just think that like fat is bad. But, you know, interesting what you were saying there about the whole like body positive and go love yourself. And it brings me on to the point of like the body positivity or neutrality Mm. versus the fat liberation or activism. They are quite different. So personally, I'm a big fan of the whole body neutrality movement. It actually emerged from people that were, let's just say, not the biggest fans of the body positivity movement, specifically because they didn't like the fact that it kind of put a focus on physical aesthetics and it sort of perpetuated other dominant beauty standards like able-bodiedness and then like traditional femininity and whiteness as well so body neutrality on the other hand advocates for a kind of a greater valuation of like body capacities or functionality so it's stressing about what your body can do for you rather than how it looks or how unattractive or attractive it might appear to be to others on the other hand Fat activism or liberation was kind of, as I mentioned before, coined in the 60s, predominantly by black queer women. And they think of the word fat as a, like a celebration, a part of their like self-identity. So like we were saying earlier, Ooh, I, I yeah, and I do like that. And I respect that massively. It's much more radical. It's all about the radical self-love rather than the kind of body positivity, body neutrality stuff. And it's about basically the whole point of it is to fight fat phobia. Mm. I think I definitely kind of gear more towards the body neutrality movement. But then I go, okay, so if I feel really good about myself and I like how I look one day, is that 
not allowed Mm. and of course it isn't like it's very nuanced and I think that you can cherry pick bits of both can't you or change it as the kind of the days go by but this again this is just laying it out of like the kind of like the research and the the work that has been done Mm. since the 60s to kind of get us where we are now yeah and you know what kind of actually I sort of identify with both because Mm. I have very very strong opinions when it comes to like the society issues that have have been brought up in the last say you know five six years and I'm talking everything you know from race to LGBT to everything I've got very very strong opinions on that and I I love the idea of activism so I really like the idea of like quite radical self-love and that kind of thing but at the same point as a Lauren I also love the body neutrality side of it so Again, it's one of those things that I don't really fit into either category. I like both. And on both, I understand that I owe a lot to to, to black queer women. Like, honestly, I'll just sit here and think, where the, where the fuck would we be without those women and people making those steps and those sacrifices, like starting from like the 60s and obviously even further back yeah and that's why i find it difficult when the body positivity (laughs) movement does kind of get co-opted by smaller more acceptable bodies and again it's not to disacknowledge their thoughts and feelings and invalidate them but sometimes acknowledgement of where that kind of came from before it became trendy and fashionable would be really nice i mean the reality is in that some people have it harder than others like that is a fact right but it's fluid isn't it it doesn't mean that anyone's experience is invalid because everyone's struggles are different and we are not all at the same place in our journeys but we just need to have understanding and compassion for everyone um and their differences yeah that's it i mean when it comes down to it it is literally everything that we've spoken about today privilege and intersectionality and fat activism and everything that we've spoken about today nothing is taking away your personal experiences what we have to do is acknowledge that for some people externally life is different and we need to make sure that we advocate for that and it's showing kindness no matter what it's also about understanding each other's experiences so that we can kind of unlearn the internalized fat phobia that we have Mm. again it comes down to for me about championing and advocating for the biggest and the most marginalized bodies when we look at body privilege so we know this episode has been uh, quite a complicated one and quite an in-depth one but we hope you found it helpful and we hope you've learned something new as well because both Laura and I did in the research for this and it's been really interesting. Yeah, we really hope that you enjoyed this episode and I just wanted to close with a reminder about the Brighton meetup that is happening next Monday. So it's a bank holiday Monday, the 29th in Brighton. And both Lauren and I will be there and we can't wait to see you there. Thanks, bye. Bye. Crowd Network, a place where you belong. Hello, I'm La La La, let me explain. And this is, it's not you, it's them, but it might be you. I'm here to answer all your questions around love, relationships, sex, dating dilemmas, and anything else you throw my way. Join me three times a week as we work through the depths of this intimacy pool together. From Sony Music Entertainment, listen and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.